You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Week five is in the books of the NFL season. But more importantly, Alex and I, uh, we're celebrating a little bit of an anniversary here. This is uh, Pros Like Us number 150. Let's hear it. Let's go. What's special about the number 150? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now, this is according to the Google machine. I don't want to take credit for this. Commonly referred to as Dunbar's number. 150 has been proven to be the maximum amount of relationships that Taylor Swift can have in her life. (laughs) No, not really. The maximum amount of relationships that any one person can sustain. The original research was done back in the 90s by British anthropologist Robin Dunbar, who found a correlation between the brain size and average social group size. The fact that we've done 150 of these is already an accomplishment. They said it wouldn't Well, last. it did. I mean, we did Blitzcast, and you and I talked about this off the air, that apparently we did even more Blitzcast shows together than 150 of pros like us. Which is odd. Doesn't seem that way, but yeah, I'm a, you know, the numbers bear it out. I want to say it was closer to 200. I'd have to look at my files because I think inadvertently I kept a lot of it's on my computer. I don't. I just never deleted, you know, all the files. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, we had to prove them wrong. They said it wouldn't last, and that's with all apologies to Janet Jackson. So for those of you who know Janet Jackson lyrics, uh, again, either I apologize or you're welcome. All right. So week five in the books. Uh, before we get to, I guess, our questions of the week, because there's plenty of those. The San Francisco 49ers are now, if we're not realizing it, are, are really starting to do some things where, you know, you got to look at them almost historically. They, they're winning games by 20 points or more. They're dominating everybody they play. They beat the other teams up. They out-clever them. They out-physical them. Uh, their quarterback doesn't make mistakes, uh, basically coming from nowhere, I suppose, if you look at Mr. Irrelevant and whatever you want to call him. But the guy did start four years at Iowa State. Um, and Alex, not to sound sacrilegious, because this guy was one of my all-time favorite players. I think you may know where I'm going with this. Uh, he played for the same organization. And he's basically being asked to do the same thing by a genius play caller. Yes, I'm starting to get Montana vibes here. Little bit, little bit of an athlete, not a strong arm, not a, like an overly powerful arm. Big anticipation skills, but he is taken. Purdy is doing, running this offense the way Shanahan wants it run to a T. And that's kind of what Montana was doing with Walsh back in the day as far as ti- the timing of it, timing, syncing up the feet with the, you know, with the receivers and the short passing game of the West Coast offense. You know, now Shanahan's offense is different, but again, they have that kind of genius moniker on them. But, you know, what Purdy is doing, it's, I don't know. I mean, how do you knock this kid? 
Uh, he's making it look easy. I mean, he certainly is. But you're you're putting him in some really uh, like elite company out there. No, I'm I'm not comparing him. You know, the 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 player. I'm just getting that vibe. It's kind of the same. You know, at this stage of the the careers, kind of what they were being asked to do. And doing it really well. I loved Purdy coming out of college. I was surprised that he lasted all the way to the the last pick of that draft, being Mister Irrelevant. This is almost like a an, a second coming of a Tom Brady story, I guess you could say. Another late round quarterback wins the job by default. Guys got injured, and then he walks into the situation, and all of a sudden just takes reins. Right? I mean, he's just. He wins games. That That's what he did during the regular season last year, and that's what he's doing this year. The 49ers are certainly the best team by far. I think they proved it this week against the Cowboys. Maybe Dallas is not as good as, as we thought they were, but that was just a spanking, all right, all around. I mean, that was a complete game. Well, offensively and defensively, they took care. It wasn't the Arizona Cardinals, okay? It was the Dallas Cowboys who looked pretty good early on in the season, especially their defense. But, you know, Purdy just, he knows where to go with the football, Low, He's got great ball placement, accuracy. The way he moves in that pocket and the way he keeps those eyes downfield, it's impressive what he has done in that offense. It's like a perfect marriage between Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. And, you know, hopefully he can keep it going. And what's more impressive is that he had an injury, okay, that some people don't come back from. You you fear that this guy isn't going to be the same. Right. And he looks like he's 10 times better, okay? Baseball pitchers typically, you know, have to take a year off. Now, I don't know if he did the full Tommy John, but that UCL cannot be completely healthy right now. And he's still, I mean, not like he's got the strongest arm, but when he needs to, he lets it rip. And every single adjective you gave, every description you gave, just to be on record here, you could have said the same thing about Montana at this stage of his career with Walsh. So I get that's that's the comparison that I'm drawing. Now, if it works out and he goes on and has that type of career, God bless him. But I would never put him in that class at this point. You know, my affinity for for Joe Montana. I'm all about it. He's a Western Pennsylvania guy right up my alley, uh, played at Notre Dame, loved him when he played there. So uh, it would be sacrilegious to say that, well, he, he's just as good. No, not not yet. Let, let's hold our horses there. Uh, but in terms of, like, how far does this go? I mean, do you see that? I mean, barring any injuries, do you, I, they just don't look beatable because – it's not like the Dolphins who will just come, you know, they'll just be like this momentum and they just get on a roll and, they just, you know, 2,500 yards the first five games. It's not like that. They physically beat you up and they've got superstars, I think, at pretty much every level. That game against uh, Dallas, even though Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown, that was not one of his better games. I mean, he just, it was kind of a pedestrian performance for for McCaffrey but they still George Kittle I mean it's like it doesn't matter you've got you can you've got so many different places to go that if one guy just might not be feeling it that night or it's just not working out for one reason or another you got like two or three other weapons you can go to and 
any one of them can take over. I don't know. The Cleveland game this week, just because it's on the road and the Browns are very good defensively, it scares me. So I don't want to like anoint them and say, hey, they're going to go unbeaten until, (laughs) you know, maybe the Cincinnati Bengals or the Philadelphia Eagles at the beginning of December. It's like talking about a no hitter while it's going on. So no, we won't use the. But I do think that I do think that you find it hard to think of who's going to put up. I mean, maybe the Eagles later in the season give them a game. I think that the Browns are going to be a tough game this week, just because everybody is praising the Forty Niners. They're going to be on the road. You know, like Cleveland is a really good defensive team. They're on a high. So you you expect that there's no way that they're going to put up 30 or 40 points against Cleveland. Then the Bengals game scares me because Joe Burrow looks like he's a little bit healthier. And that connection with Jamar Chase last week, and that's at the end of October, by the way. That's the game. And then I would say the Eagles. The Eagles in the beginning of December. I just think that uh, those are the games that scare me. And I would say that... The Cleveland game, the Bengals in a couple of weeks, and then you will have to look down the road at Philadelphia just because it's on the road. And division games might, might, you know, every so often one of those will pop up and bite you. You know, I mean, they've got Seattle. They haven't played Seattle yet, have they? Or did they? Well, they have not. They have not. So they've got got Seattle twice. so, yeah, I mean, it, it, but I guess just watching them right now, it's just hard to imagine some team without really, again, the Niners contributing to the loss that they would play poorly enough on either side of the ball that they would lose. And again, when I hear you you talking about the Cleveland game this week, this is kind of this is kind of a perfect lead into the to the pick segment that'll come at the end of the show. But. That sounds like a perfect spot for one of my picks. Uh, I, that game is in there, but uh, we'll, leave, how we'll would save you, that for How later. would you start right, you the mentioned- 49ers? So let me ask you. You're an opposing coach. I'm watching like a homer. I mean, obviously, I, I know more about this team than most folks outside of that building. So I'm just curious. Like, How would you stop this team? What would be your first priority? I would say you, you have to stop the run. You have to stop Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you I do. think you you would want Purdy yeah. to throw the ball a lot more to get away from that play action pass. I just think Christian McCaffrey is the X factor that you need to stop on offense. Yeah, I mean the back your back end has to be on point because the every almost all the plays look the same, whether it's a run, uh, a zone run, a gap run, uh, whether it's a, you know, it's a play action power, states opera. I mean, it, it, you have to be on point in the back end. So, you know, does that mean you, you play more zone, more match? I mean, you got to mix it up, but yeah, you absolutely have to try to contain McCaffrey first. And then you got to get in Purdy's face, just like any other great team if you get pressure on the quarterback now all of a sudden it doesn't look so spectacular it doesn't look so pretty and then when you have the ball you've got to score I mean there's no two ways about it it's not like you know you're going to beat them 17 to 14 now you might but odds are you're not so you know you get score touchdowns when you when you get into the red zone but again if you're just against their offense 
everybody has to be connected because one mistake and it's like out the gate and you're done. So, uh, yeah, if you can slow McCaffrey, because it's a difficult thing because he's so good, no matter what position they put him in, if he, you know, if they feel that they have a better matchup with, you know, Debo in the back field and they split McCaffrey out, you know, now you've got that. So what are you, you going to leave your corner out there? Are you going to see your linebacker going to follow him? No, you're probably going to send the corner out there. Well, now Debo, you know, he's playing maybe against a lighter box or if it's a heavy box and they throw it out to McCaffrey, they've got answers to everything. So you got to be on point. You probably have to force to turnover or two, but primarily again, stop McCaffrey. You're not going to stop him, slow him down. And the back end has to be in lockstep with the front end. I, again, that's easier said than done. No one's been able to do it in quite some time. Uh, it took a Purdy injury in the Eagles game last year in the uh, in the playoffs for that to go south. So uh, good luck, whoever whoever's playing them. You mentioned Burrow. So they go off this week. Now, of course, I had Arizona. I don't know what the hell I was thinking there. But Burrow and Chase go off. And, it, oh, geez, well, this is the Bengals. He's scrambling around like he was hasn't hadn't been injured, hadn't had the injured calf. The previous few weeks, he was like a statue in the pocket, and teams are just teeing off. He's running around making first downs. Like, what the hell did they shoot that thing up? Uh, I it was it was an incredible turn of events as far as his health, the time he had, his moving around, no T Higgins, and all of a sudden, a week after uh, Jamar Chase says, "I'm always effing open," you know, excuse my language, but he gets like 20 targets in that game. 15 catches, three touch. I mean, it was just ridiculous. But do you do you believe it? I mean, is this what Burrow's going to be the rest of the way? Is and I, I'm not looking for an answers, but I guess these are the questions that come up to me: is is the calf completely back and he's going to be the regular the Joe Burrow we expect? Uh, they play Seattle this week. Now it's at home, meeting in Cincinnati. But I, I don't know. I mean, did you get the sense that they've kind of weathered the storm and now you're going to see the real Bengals? It certainly play. looked like it, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And and Burrow looked comfortable back there. I didn't see any I didn't see him hampering. I, I didn't see him limping. I didn't see anything. No, from he's him. moving around. Like yeah, he was happened. just he was moving around very comfortably and trying to find his number one weapon in chase. And they just, it looked like the LSU days, you know, when he was throwing to him like 20 times a game and, and they, you know, raised the, the trophy and won that national championship. So I would assume that the offense is going to be fine moving forward. I have question marks about the Bengals defense. I just think in regards, it, it doesn't look like the same group that they had before. And I think the offense is going to have to carry the day. Burrow is going to have to be Superman. And hopefully he is recovered and he's going to continue being healthy the rest of the way because they'll need him. I mean, they, he started the season 0-2, right? They need to, you know, weather it and they need to catch up. And um, hopefully, you know, it's. I'm sure the Bengals are glad that this isn't, you know, that no team is running away with it 
in this AFC North division. So the Bengals have some room to make up and, you know, they, they seem pretty comfortable where they're at. But I, I do think that Burrow looks a lot more healthier than he has looked the past couple of weeks. So I'm going to say that this isn't fool's gold. I, I think they're going to be fine moving forward here. Yeah, an amazing turnaround and just, uh, yeah, you hope, I mean, for the league's sake, for the Bengals' sake, for every, everybody, I mean, it just makes it more fun as, you know, when teams are at their full strength. And if he is, and uh, if they can get Higgins back here pretty quick, uh, should be pretty interesting moving forward in that division that is kind of just a jumbled mess right now. Um, okay, so now we go to the other side of the spectrum is where you got a, a couple of teams up. Well, let's talk about one team in, in particular, and it's the Patriots. Uh, so they lose at home, and they lose in just a, just a horrific way. I mean, is is there a worse team right now in the league than the New England Patriots? I mean, they can't score. They don't seem to be able to stop many people. I mean, they and, and then they lose. Uh, Judon, they lost Gonzalez, the rookie, who I think I had him as rookie of the year, and I think he was playing pretty well the first month. So, and he's down. Um, but they just look just completely discombobulated. They're, they, they're turning it over. They're not getting turnovers, right? I mean, that's that is not Patriot football. They're giving the ball away. It's just it. It, it really it just looks horrific, and. I don't know if it's going to get any better. There's there's really no saving them. I mean, it's almost like uh, Belichick, the coach, is now reaping the just completely miscues of Bill, the GM, and uh, which one gets fired first. Now, I get it. It's the same person, but just what what do they do? Alex, answers. What, what do they do? I mean, I'm going to pose this question to you. If Robert Kraft, goes to Bill Belichick and says, Bill, there's a lack of talent on this team. You haven't done a great job as far as the GM all these years. It's time to take that title away. How will Bill Belichick react to this? You know, N knowing his persona, he's not going to be happy about it. So I think that's what Robert Kraft should do. Take away the GM duties and let Bill Belichick coach. But I don't think it's going to fly. So I'm saying this. I think it's Bill Belichick's last year. Because I don't see the Patriots getting any better. You pose the question, are they the worst team? I don't think they're the worst team. I think you've got the... You yeah, don't? I think the New York Giants <laughs> are far worse. I think the Carolina Panthers right now look a lot worse. I, yeah. I think those two teams. And then I would have the Patriots there. But I just think there's no spark, Lou. And Bill Belichick should be criticized. I heard it on all these shows, you know, asking the same question. When a team shows no spark at home, coming off a blowout loss, like on the road, it reflects poorly at the head coach. I mean, he has no answers. I don't think he, he just basically doesn't even know. He says, we have to start over. What the hell is that? Is this training camp all over? I mean, 
we, yeah, week five. I mean, what? And then they even asked him that, you know, what does that mean? And he goes just, and of course, he just repeats himself. He's not going to give whatever this master plan is. But it's not like you can go into the transfer portal or or, or uh, grab a bunch of new guys. I mean, th- this is the group you have. This is the group we we went went to the season with. And it's just there's just a dearth of talent. They just don't I have heard- it. There no off no real offensive skill weapons. The line is playing awful. I don't think you can put this completely on Mac Jones because he just doesn't he doesn't have time to throw. And then I, there's really nobody, not a whole lot of guys that are separating. So it's just what do you? Yeah, I hate to keep saying what do you do because I don't know. I mean, you just keep playing. Uh, you're gonna keep losing games. Uh, you may win a few just because that's your culture, but. That culture only works in having to, I guess, quote unquote, put up with the culture that is so uh, taskmasterish and all this these other things here when you're winning. Now, if you're basically under this taskmaster and nothing's working and nothing he's telling you is, is, is coming to fruition, now it's like they're just it's going to be tough enough just to keep those guys together and trying to play because even if they were talented enough, I'm sure there's a lot of guys already making offseason plans. And where am I playing? I heard a lot of people criticize Mac Jones and you mentioned it. There are a lot of problems on this team that run a lot deeper than Mac Jones. And don't forget, I saw a few people on TV criticize the quarterback, Mac. But remember, he comes from Alabama he was used to having a great offensive line and all these playmakers and a great defense. So when you drafted him and you anointed him and said he's a perfect system quarterback for the Patriots team, you have to surround him with weapons. You have to give him protection. For a guy that can't run and can't avoid sacks, he's a statue back there. We knew that when he was coming out of college. Why don't you try to protect him? Why don't you try to give him a couple of weapons? Why do you not re-sign a guy like Jacoby Myers? Why do you let him go? I'm just curious. Like, I'm asking all these questions. This isn't like a one-man show. He's not going to be able to all of a sudden miraculously, like, rescue your team. Plus, last year, you broke the guy. I mean, you you, you hired Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. To run an offense. Are you kidding me? These guys never ran an offense. So after a promising rookie season, you broke the guy. And that goes on Bill Belichick's head. I mean, that's the guy who, you know, appointed those guys as co-offensive coordinators. They broke the guy. Now this year, Bill O'Brien comes and he tries to rescue him. But he doesn't seem like the same guy. I'm talking about Mac Jones. It will take time. You know, he just... Doesn't have time to throw back there. He's taking sacks and he's throwing picks. And he can't make some of those throws that they're asking him to make. Because he just doesn't have the arm talent. We knew that as well. And that's what's so surprising to me. Like that coaching staff always told me that they're a lot smarter than everybody else. They know these problems ahead of everyone else. But I don't think they know who they have in Mac Jones. I know who they have. They have a caretaker, a game manager. So Surround him with some talent. Protect him. Get him a good defense at least so he doesn't have to be in these these shootout games. That's just, it's perplexing to me. I mean, Bill Belichick, 
I'm sorry to say this, but he looks like he's in over his head this year, and he doesn't know how to get out of it. Well, I mean, it's, it's you know, when you, when you the ultimate responsibility on the talent acquisition for the team, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you don't see, even the guys they, they do draft, it doesn't look like they're being developed, you know, as well as they have in the past. Um and there's a bunch of guys, you know, older coaches that I think had a bigger hand in helping them that are, that are gone and have been gone for a few years. Uh, you know, Dante Scarnecchia that was just, you know, regarded around the league as the, you know, the best offensive line coach maybe ever in the NFL and college and wherever he went. Uh, you know, I mean, he's been gone for, for several years uh bill's right hand man ernie adams uh was just you know sounding board kind of got things prepared for them you know whether it was during the off season in week getting them ready for game situations and things of that nature he's gone so he's really you know kind of having to reshuffle his his entire coaching staff a lot of those you know you mentioned a couple of the mistakes um so yeah it's just an ugly situation and uh they're uh yeah, that's 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 just not going to end well. I don't one way or the other that will not end well. So we got a couple of quarterbacks here. A lot of questions about one that actually can still play and one not so much. So you got Kirk Cousins now in Minnesota. They're I don't know one and four. We talked about their you know uh, I don't know if it's proclivity or just the, just the way things end up for being in one score games. Last year they were winning them. This year they're not. A lot of it's self-inflicted because of the turnovers. And now Justin Jefferson goes on IR for the next four weeks. Uh, this season might be sayonara and Kirk will be out the door. I don't know that it, if they could trade him during the season, they probably would. But I, I think if they if they did it during the season, they'd be taking like maybe 80 cents on the dollar. But again, if you wait till after the season, if his contract is up now, all of a sudden it's, it might even be worse. So amazing. You, you typically don't see, you know, a really good quarterback or at least one of, of Kirk's stature being traded during the season, but maybe this is finally it. And then Daniel Jones, he's injured, but that might be a blessing. I don't know. We didn't, you know, it, not that he played great last year, but it seemed like, you know, there was, you were starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel, but it's just kind of right back to where he was before Dable got there. I don't know what the hell happened, but uh, yeah. So you got a couple of quarterbacks that just, again, a lot of question marks in this segment. <laughs> and I don't know that we have the answers. We probably don't, but it's just, uh, it, it's, it's just chaos in a, in a couple of different ways, but, chaos and we we do like chaos daniel jones has got the same problem as as mac jones okay he is a game manager who doesn't have his best offensive player in the backfield and saquon barkley and the offense was was built around him last week like i said the offensive line can't block andrew thomas has been out with an injury since week one so you've got your best offensive lineman out as your blindside protector. Then this Evan Neal clown from Alabama just can't do anything. Uh, the only thing that he's doing is he's flipping birds, you know, to the fans and, you know, telling them to boo him some more. I think they should pull the plug and, and cut him on the spot. The defense can't tackle and can't, you know, 
get off the field to, to save their life. So Daniel Jones doesn't play defense. We talked about this last week. I think it is a blessing, but everything fell into place last year with the Giants. Like their defense was better. Their offensive line got better. Saquon Barkley had a great year. So when you don't have those things come together and when you don't have like a number one weapon on the outside, like say a Devontae Adams or, you know, somebody else of that nature, or you know, Jamar Chase, and you're hoping Darren Waller is going to be that guy that will save you and he hasn't been, it, it makes it tough. Daniel Jones is not a guy that's going to carry your team. He's kind of like an Alex Smith. He's kind of like, a, you know, like a Mac Jones. You know, that's what he is. You pay him and you hope that he can, you know, win a couple of playoff games for you. But you still build this team around the running game. I mean, that's what it's all about. So, uh, you know, for me, it, it's clear. They paid the guy out of necessity because he had a great year, but they knew that he wasn't going to light up the scoreboard and become this Mr. Everything. Like he was going to take that next step forward like Josh Allen did. Josh Allen is is a talented dude. Daniel Jones is, is limited, okay? And then as far as, you know, the other situation with Kirk Cousins, they have to trade him. I mean, the Vikings aren't going anywhere. Justin Jefferson is going to be out at least a couple of weeks. The Vikings are four, four weeks. All he's right, he's, he's going to be yeah. out for a month, at least a month. It's it's going off the rails right now. There are a lot of teams desperate for a quarterback, okay? And I think you're going to get a pretty good price, even at the trade deadline. We never see it. We don't see quarterbacks being traded there. But I think the Vikings should think long and hard because if they're going to be like 1-7, why not pull the trigger? Why not trade a quarterback that still has some value? And he's still a lot better than some of these other guys that are starting for those other franchises. So I say trade Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones. I just feel sorry for him here. I mean, he's just he's kind of in, in a no-win situation there. Yeah, uh, that's, again, I mean, I, you feel bad for Kevin O'Connell. had such a great year last year. Right. And I, you know, what you, so now we, we, we turn the rest of the season over to Nick Mullins. I had to Google it. I wasn't sure who their backup was. And there it is. Nick Mullins, who Cal Shanahan made him look good for, you know, for a few weeks here and there when they were like in dire straits, uh, you know, some years back, but uh, now all kidding aside, I mean, he just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just gone from bad, bad to worse. Now, because again, because of what we talked about in terms of the the uh, the turnovers and you know, losing those one score games now. So were they ever really that good? They would be, able, you know, they, they obviously were much better last year, but they were also better in game situations where, you know, watching that game this past week. I mean, obviously they were playing the Chiefs. So I was watching. Um They did have opportunities. But again, a turnover. uh you know, just missed opportunities here and there. And I, you got to credit the chiefs defense too, but you know, in terms of that situation, uh, we've spent a lot of time this show talking about some bad teams, <laughs> and I guess we'll continue the, the, uh, Hackett versus Peyton bowl was this past week with the jets traveling to Denver. Um, 
it wasn't the prettiest game. I mean, I was kind of, you know, flipping back and forth because I was very interested to see, you know, if there was going to be any, any fireworks there between the two coaches. I don't think they ever spoke. Uh, but, you know, again, to what's been happening in Denver, they, again, they, it was kind of close at times, but when every opportunity they had to make a play, it, absolutely went the other way the jets didn't completely take advantage of a lot a lot of these giveaways but you had Brees hall go for like a buck 77 the field goal kicker made a lot of kicks the defense played well enough got a big turnover you know a scoop and score at the end of the game to kind of seal it uh so you know the jets zach wilson wasn't horrible but he wasn't like really good either but they win the game uh, we got to give him his kudos there. And after the game, you know, Sala may have said, now again, if you're a lip reader, you couldn't see what he said, hear what he said to, to Sean Payton, to stay humble or stay healthy. Who knows what he said? But uh, bottom line is the Jets get a win. Denver's in chaos. They go to Kansas City in a couple of days. This is going to get worse before it gets better. And I'm here for it. You know, I, I guess I I am a Sean Payton fan, but if you're going to talk the talk, you better back it up. And so far, he hasn't done that in Denver. And we'll see. The house cleaning, you know, has begun to some degree, but uh, there's going to be a hell of a lot more. I'm just curious if Sean Payton regrets coming out of retirement and taking this job because he seems like he's already tired of Russell Wilson. I mean, it just looks like it. He laid into him. Like at the end of that game, when that fumble happened, I mean, you can you could see it on the yeah. sideline out there. He's not liking it. And you know what? What Russell Wilson was really good at with the Seahawks is that he would always come up with that magic at the end. He would always help you win. He would get a lot of those wins, you know, in the fourth quarter. And he will play well for you, you know, on the final drive. That's not what he's doing with Denver. I mean, it's the complete opposite. Like in the first half, he's great. But when the game is on the line in the second half or in that last drive, he comes up with the turnover, whether it's an INT or a fumble. And he just doesn't. He's not playing like a veteran should. But the Denver Broncos problems, they run a lot deeper than that. I'm just curious, like. There's a there's a recurring yeah, it's theme just, here. Look, I love Russ, <laughs> yeah. but I'm certainly not taking like he has a blame there. I mean, he's not playing well when it matters the most. Yeah, the 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 front office has made a lot of questionable decisions uh, the last eight years or so, whatever it's been since Peyton retired. I'm just retired, curious, or, like uh, Peyton I'm Manning just curious retired. when Cortland Sutton is your best player in the passing game. How does your number one wide receiver catch that? first pass of the game on the final drive of the game like i'm just i'm that that like baffles me you know jerry judy also had you know most of his yards on that final drive i don't get it those are your two best playmakers right i I just you have to get it in their hands I, i don't get it why isn't russ or sean payton telling him to get it in the hands of of those playmakers in the passing game I realize that Javante Williams is out. The offensive line is only average. The defense looks atrocious, okay? I mean, Sean Payton is a loyal guy, but you need to pull the plug. Yeah, that was that was supposed 
that was supposed to be their strength. And again, one of the mistakes uh, that I guess they X'd out was Randy Gregory. I mean, they gave him a ton of money when I don't think any, any other team was willing to give him that. If Dallas wasn't willing to give him that money, they, that should have been a red flag right there uh, because they had dealt with a lot of his personal stuff. Well, now he's traded to San Francisco, which I mean, I'm maybe there uh, amongst all those other defensive linemen. He can kind of regain whatever the heck he had back in the day, but it's just, there's, there's a lot of those though, Alex, like you said, I mean, there's just at, at every level, every position group, something somewhere, they, they went left when they could have gone right or should have gone right. And it's just snowballed on them. And now they financial mess, you know, talent mess, the quarterback and the coach. <laughs> Again, it wasn't like, like you said, I mean, Peyton knew what he was getting into. I thought, or he probably thought, but he probably never thought it was going to be this bad. I'm sure he believed this defense was going to be better. Was it, uh, you know, losing a Giro Evero, the, the defensive coordinator last year that was, uh, I guess, well thought of around the league, you know, re- being considered for head coaching positions t- took off for Carolina after that staff got let go. And, uh, yeah, Vance Joseph. I don't know if it's him, the players. It's a combination of everything. Just let me pose mess, this so. question to uh, you: Who la- can we throw a positive in? Who here? lasts longer in Denver, Peyton or Russ? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. I think the coach. If they can re- somehow restructure that deal and just write a huge check. Now again, it's the the owners aren't going to love it. They just bought the team, but again. It's a ton of Walmart money, and you know, within that ownership group, and they are kind of the face in terms of the ownership group. Yeah, if they could just kind of rework it somehow, maybe Russ takes a buyout, some sort of a la NBA style, where they pay him maybe half the contract or you know a quarter of the contract to just okay, we're done with you. Just take your whatever sixty million and go. Uh, I think they do it. I, I, I truly do. And maybe they live with Stidham for a while and hope like hell one of those one of those big time college players falls to them. Uh, I don't know if they even have those if they have a first round pick. So I don't even know if that's in the cards. So it again, it's 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 a bigger mess than I'm sure Peyton. Uh, now, again, Sean Peyton, because I think George Peyton is the uh, is the GM. Sean Peyton even figured or he had just such a bill parcellian type ego or that because i get i'm pretty sure that that was his mentor but just to say that i can fix this we can do you know i'll be able to get it done we'll just you know move these things around and it'll all be good but uh not that easy not the nfl pal all right so we had a kyle pitt sighting in atlanta this past weekend alex uh, off the milk carton uh, maybe Arthur Smith was listening to the show and said, what is going on with these number one picks? Drake London, I think, may have gotten a little action, too. So, uh, you know, Desmond Ritter had a pretty decent game. I mean, I think his best game statistically uh, wasn't great. I think he was less or just over 50 percent completion percentage, but a lot of yards. And again, Kyle Pitts seven catches. I don't know how many targets he had, but again, at least they're getting, trying to get the ball in his hands 
Bijan Robinson is just you know a, a freak and continues to make plays. Didn't have a huge game statistically, but you know the play where he catches the the shuffle pass almost behind his back, not looking, kind of looking towards the end zone to see where he's going to make his moves, and then just kind of snatched it with one hand and, and scores. Uh, yeah, I love that kid. He's he's really good. But yeah, Pitts. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Where's London? Where's Pitts? And here they are. I mean, they're making plays. I mean, so I'm convinced Arthur Smith was listening to our show. I'm convinced of that, Lo. Yes. And by the way, it was Desmond Ritter's. It was Desmond Ritter's best game. I watched that game 28 out of 37, 329 yards. He completed 75% of his passes and no turnovers with one touchdown. So that's a big, big you know, coming out party for Desmond Ritter against the Texans, okay? But the Texans have exceeded expectations. We talked about it last throw, week. Throw the yellow flag. It's a senior moment for me. Sorry about that, guys. It looked like a, a zero to me, so I thought he was 20 of 37. So you're saying he was 28 of 37. That's correct. Yeah, he completed 75 these old, these, these old, these, these old eyes, Alex, you know, even with the cheaters. Looked like a zero. So again, flag on me. I'll yeah, take take the take the fifteen yards. Okay, so a lot of big performances this past weekend. Uh obviously Desmond Ritter among them. Uh sorry about that, Desmond. Uh so our MVP of the week, Alex, who do do you have uh, like a short list that you chose from, or do you just want to give I'm us your I'm just gonna dime? go with one player, right? I can give it to a lot of guys. I, I like the the rookie out of Texas. Was yeah, I like lot. the rookie out of Texas A&M for, uh, that plays for the Dolphins. Uh, Devon A. I mean, Chan. He's been, he's been great. He's been lightning. By the way, he's out for he, a couple of weeks. He averages, this is, this is ridiculous, 12.1 yards a carry. He is the second leading rusher in the NFL, and I think he's got like 50 or 60 attempts less than McCaffrey and yards wise, they're pretty close. It's Speed just ridiculous. Kills, I mean, just a, a 12, 12 He's a home one. run hitter. Speed kills. He's elusive. He, he right can't he break is. tackles, but you know, people can't tackle him because he's gone, you know, through that hole. McDan McDan McDaniel you know, dialing it up. He's got that running game move going. Yeah, that's by uh, the way, he's impressive. out for a couple of weeks. He's out with an injury. So yes. you know, we'll see. Yep, hopefully it's not too bad. And he'll we'll be see how soon. the Dolphins look after that. But I'm gonna go with Jared Goff, Lou. Okay. Twenty-eight out of twenty-eight. Sweet. Twenty out of twenty-eight, two hundred and thirty-six yards, three touchdowns, you know, had a big game against the Carolina Panthers, connecting with Sam Laporta, an Iowa tight end who looks like a steal. Now, they got him in the second round. That was a great draft pick, by the way. So um, they didn't have to pay TJ Hawkinson all that money. They gave him away. The Vikings gave him an extension. They didn't have to give it to him. So they've, they're playing on the cheat there with that tight end. Jared Goff of the Cal Bears is resurrecting his career. He's loved in Detroit. He's playing inside the dome, so nobody could say anything about his arm strength, but he's accurate, Lou, and he's not throwing picks. And, yeah, stick it to Sean McVay out there. I don't think Jared Goff was the problem there. Even though you like Matthew Stafford better and you won a Super Bowl with him, Jared Goff just got you to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm just going to say that, you know, Jared Goff was not the problem 
of the Los Angeles Rams out there, and I think he's proving it with the Lions this year and last year as well. All right. All right, Jared Goff, MVP of the week for Alex. Uh, it'd be real interesting to see what that extension looks like. That's, I mean, it's going to be significant money, huge, probably bigger than uh, you know we, we we even imagined at this point, or we we could have imagined when they made the trade. So good on uh, Jared Goff for sure. Uh, you mentioned a chain. I mean, anybody that has that, that plays fantasy football is probably going to be aware of all these guys. I mean, you had huge games. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, signs an extension like surprisingly. And comes back to the Colts. And of course, Zach Moss goes off for like a buck 65 in that game. They end up, they end up beating Tennessee Titans. Uh, DJ Moore, I mean, which seems like, you know, like a month ago, this past Thursday night, like had a, almost a career, eight catches for 230 yards. I mean, for 230, he averaged almost 30 yards a catch and three touchdowns. Jamar Chase says, hold my beer. We talked about his. His statistics and his game, you know, over the weekend, again, huge. Uh, I watched Sunday morning from England. Travis Etienne finally gets the lion's share of the load, goes for a buck 36, couple of touchdowns, 48 yards receiving. Okay, Purdy did his thing, four TDs, no interceptions, hitting big plays all over the place. Uh, but I'm going to get my MVP, and again, I'm going Homer here. Alex is to, and I have to split it between Legarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie, or I I now call him T Cuffs for he handcuffs receivers. You get that, Alex? Got that? Okay, they held Justin Jefferson together. Three catches, 28 yards. Worst game of, of Justin's career. He did get hurt uh, late in the fourth quarter, uh, so he wasn't in there for the last drive of the game, which obviously made it more difficult for the Vikings to try to get it tied up. But I'm going to give it to those two DBs that you know aren't going to get all the all the fanfare in terms of all these statistics and fantasy hype, but they locked down the arguably the best receiver in the league to three catches for 28 yards. Homer Lou. That's the reason. Yes. That's the reason I am. why I didn't pick Brock Purdy, even though I do realize that he probably had a better game than Jared Goff. So I went with Jared Goff, but Jared Goff, but Jared Goff went to Cal and uh, where did you go? I went there as well, but. Oh, so, so, so I'm being a Homer. Okay. All right. No fair worries. enough. I fair got enough. You. you. You got me there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you want to hear more of these homerisms, uh, if Alex will indulge me for a second, I have become part of a YouTube show called uh, At Chiefs Blitz. And three times a week, uh, we do a show devoted to everybody's favorite and now America's team, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. And you can check us out at www.youtube.com forward slash at the at symbol and Chiefs Blitz all one word so if you want to hear more on the chiefs or just can't get enough of travis kelsey and taylor swift or enough of patrick mahomes or all things meaning chiefs go ahead and check me out there every monday wednesday friday all right uh we're gonna pick some games alex uh who was your lock last week? i don't want to talk about it Lou. it was bill belichick and the patriots okay <laughs> 
I don't mean to laugh because I will course, laugh I as well. I mean, week. that was that was that was a really funny game. I mean, I ever... when your lock of the week goes down zero to thirty four, you should just that, retire. You, got, you, gotta you should laugh. just retire. You, you can you can only laugh, right? I mean, you, you got gotta, you know it's all in fun. Uh, well, we the for the the main course we went three and one Jacksonville in the morning one straight up. They were getting five and a half. The Eagles kind of dominated the second half, even though the score didn't really show it against the Rams. If they covered uh, San Francisco was probably the, I mean, that, that was my favorite game of the year, I think at this point. And then Arizona. So that, that was pretty ugly. Who knew Joe Burrow all of a sudden was going to be like miraculously healed. And uh, uh, Arizona decided to leave their only weapon Cincinnati had rolling one on one the whole day. So anyway, uh, yeah, three and one, so eleven and nine on the year. So let's go this for this week. I've actually put in a bonus game this week. So first, we're going back to London. Uh, we saw the Buffalo Bills kind of sleepwalk early in the game, and again, I don't put too much credence into travel normally. But there is something to be said about West Coast teams coming east and playing early. But here you have teams going to a whole other country, going to a whole other continent that, you know, they're flying in like Friday morning and playing on on Sunday. Maybe there's something to that. So Harbaugh decides to bring his team. They flew over yesterday. I think they're already in London. So give their guys a chance to kind of, you know, acclimate uh, get that taste, ugly taste out of their mouth against the Steelers. That was just ridiculous. They had that game won like 10 times over and still lost. So I'm going to take Baltimore minus three and a half. Uh, next one, I'm going to get Houston right one of these times. New Orleans, second straight road game. Uh, they're favored again, which I – I don't know. I'm taking Houston plus one and a half home dogs. Love them. I think Jacksonville kind of found themselves in London. They're, they've got the, the offense is starting to click the way they wanted to. I'm going to take them minus four at home against Indianapolis. Uh, I think we're going to see Minshew going back to Jacksonville. I don't know if that's going to really mean anything at this point, but I just think the way uh, Trevor Lawrence is seeing the field, the way Etienne, they've got him uh running the ball, Ridley and, and Jones and Kirk, weapons everywhere. I, I really like that team. Uh, Monday night, again, until Dallas proves they can play in a big game, I'm going to stay against them. Again, they're favored on the road. I'm going to take the Chargers coming off the bye, plus two and a half. The bonus game is this, and Alex talked about it earlier. And in most cases, you're going to hear me say, take Cleveland and the points, because, again, there's the situation they're in. No team is going to score 30 over and over and over again and just continue to do that. But until San Francisco, somebody stops San Francisco, I'm going with them. I'm taking San Francisco minus four. It goes against everything I stand for gambling wise. But in this case, this is just different. And I'm going out on a limb here, I guess, taking San Francisco minus four. So you get five this week instead of four, Alex. I hope you're right, Lou. I hope that's not the kiss of death because the, the Browns can get home with that front four. And they can put pressure on the 49ers. And, and that's, that worries me a bit. And I think they're one of the teams that could 
shut down Christian McCaffrey. So we'll find out what they're made of this week. This game scares me. It really does. Like on the road, and it's just it the should. 49ers yeah, are I'm playing so well. Game. Coming off. One o'clock, one at one o'clock window again. It goes against everything I typically go will go against, but I'm going with it this All time. All right, should I even pick locks of the week anymore? Yes, I mean, like I got, I got tr- like killed the past couple of weeks. Make it up, make it up to our listeners. Give them. All right, I'm gonna one. go with with you as well. You picked this game. I mean, you already did, and I'm gonna go with them as well. I think the Jaguars are hitting their stride. Uh, the Colts are probably going to get Jonathan Taylor back. You know, they signed him to a huge contract, but I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, their rookie quarterback is out. Uh, Gardner Minshew is the quarterback. I don't think he's going to hang with the Jaguars offense. I think Trevor Lawrence and the Jags are hitting their stride, even though they got off to a really slow start in the beginning of the season. Minus four and a half. I'm taking the Jaguars at home over the Colts. And what do you think about what now do you think about that? Now their fa- now their fans is the kiss of death. <laughs> We're both on the same game. And uh, but, yeah, by the so, way, real quick, anyway, what, no, do, you, I, what do you think of Jonathan sure. Taylor getting that deal from the Colts of all people? You know, I mean, that's just that's preposterous, isn't it? It's it. I guess puzzling. I don't know. Maybe he kind of had a change of heart after he's kind of seeing the way the guys are, are playing for Shane Steichen uh, on the Colts side. I think you know it's reported as I don't know was it three or four years, but in actuality, with guaranteed money, it's more like a two-year deal for like twenty-two million, which is right around what you know. Saquon didn't get two years, but it is the, as far as the uh, average annual is around the same range. So basically, yeah, we'll take you at 24 and 25 years old, but at 26, we, we you know, we're kind of leaving ourselves open here to go in a different direction. So, hey, they, time heals all wounds, I guess. He's ready to rock and roll and uh, maybe he just likes what he's seen from Shane Steichen. Well, hopefully it works out for both parties and Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to, you know, continue to be that workhorse for that young Colts offense. And I just hope that Richardson doesn't go the same route as Cam did. Now, Cam was just, you know, a superstar for like five years or so. But, you know, now he's hurt again, except now it's an AC joint. I mean, he's taken taken a lot of hits. I mean, he's spectacular. He's going to make, you know, like two or three highlight reel plays a game. But, you know, if he they keep, you know, doing these design runs and he takes the tackles and takes the hits, it's just not going to not going to last very long. You hate to see that, especially with such a young guy that hasn't really played enough in his career to, to kind of get things going. But uh, yeah, anyway, so prayers for him. Hopefully he can make it back fairly soon. So that is going to do it for us this week, folks, uh, pointing to week six here, starting Thursday night with Denver at Kansas city. So buckle up for my friend, Alex here. I'm Lou as always on the way out. Peace.